Speedway proudly presents Rapid on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners, recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Here's Rapid on Racing. This is the Banker Bob Thought for July 12, 2021. It amazes me when they begin the evening news by saying, Good evening. And then they proceed to spend an entire hour telling you why it isn't a good evening after all. Fans, good evening. Welcome to Rappin' on Racing, July 12, 2021. Joining me now is co-host Dave Oliveri. Dave, good evening. How are you? I'm doing well, Don. Kind of a, a crazy weekend for both of us. We both had some plans, and uh, Friday I arrived at Lernerville, and you know, we don't really have to, to cover much. It's been on Facebook and all the social media. They had a situation with, a, uh, I guess, a little stream running through Turn 1, and General Manager Mike Lysakowski made the call along with the Thompsons. Uh, you, you know, driver safety is always most important, and it was just something that they couldn't fix on a uh, right then and there. And so, you know, for, like I said, for the driver safety and, and for, you know, cars are expensive nowadays, and you don't want to tear anything up. And, and I know the fans are disappointed. I was disappointed. You, know, you hate to have beautiful weather and not be able to, you know, go racing, but... Those situations happened, and then um, you and I were scheduled to head over to Sharon Speedway on Saturday for the Lou Blaney Memorial, and you called me, and you were under the weather, and and again, with the, all the crazy things that happened last year, you just decided to play on the air of caution and stay home, so basically both Don and Dave had a weekend off. Yeah, well, I'm starting to feel better, which is a good thing. We have a jam-packed show tonight, starting off with Jennerstown Speedway General Manager Billy Rebar, 
Joe Maruka, the super late model winner from two weeks ago. Area Auto Racing News columnist Ernie Saxton has some suggestions for promoters and competitors. Lernerville Speedway Sprint Car Champion A.J. Flick. Plus Logan Zarin's On the Road Report. We also have Lynn Geisler's Progress Report on Number 1 Cochrane Racing. Ben Eastler, the Rush Modified uh, driver, he's going to share some of his thoughts with Tyler Harris. We also have reports from Jim Zufall from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway and a Victory Lane interview with Jeff Bronischewski. Tyler Harris has a nice Victory Lane interview with Logan Zarin. Tom Lang keeps us up to date on the drag racing scene. And Howie Bayless has an interview with Jared Miley for his win up at the Lake Trobe Speedway. Wrapping on Racing's available every Monday night at 6 p.m. on Apple TV, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, or RappinOnRacing.com. The program is available 24-7 and 365 days of the year. If you miss any of Monday's program, just go to Apple TV or RappinOnRacing.com. Don, as always, we want to thank Jennerstown Speedway, the title sponsor for Rapping on Racing, and all our marketing partners, Alternative Power Sources, Environmental Air Incorporated, plus Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, RPS Financial Solutions, Toma Meat Market, and Zarin Truck and Automotive. And a thank you to you, my co-host, and our reporters, Howie Bayless, Lenny Baticki, Tyler Harris, Bill Quartz, Tom Lang, and Jim Zufall. Special thanks to our senior engineers and our technical advisors, Bill Korch, Ted Luzik, and Gary Scott, along with Bob Miller, our multimedia data collection facilitator. Now, before we go into the results, Dave, we want to emphasize we're going to cover Dog Hollow and we're going to cover Raceway 7 because they send us the results. We don't have the, yeah, ti- we don't have the time to search everybody's page to get the data. So if you want your track acknowledged on Wrapping on Racing, just all we need is the winners. Yeah, I know we've talked about this over and over again, and then... I, I like you just said, Don. I don't think that people realize the time it takes to get on social media and to look and do this and do that. And, and like you said, when you have an action-packed show and, and the time that to produce this, it, it's just an inordinate amount of time that you spend every week doing this. And so, like you said, and you know, race fans, as Don just mentioned, you know, if you if it's your favorite track and you want them on the show. You know, reach out to their media personnel or whoever it is, their GM, and, you know, we'll be more than happy to display their results. Well, you know, talking about results, uh, Justin Clark made his first dog hollow visitor memorable on winning the 20-lap Laurel Highlands Race Saber 305 Sprint Feature. Chad McClellan returned to victory lane for the first time since 2005 in the Super Late Models. That made six winners and six races for the Super Lates. Jeremy Zufall made it three straight wins in the street stocks while Joe Martin won his third rush late model checker. Mike Phillipson became the first repeat winner in the four-cylinder division. That win for uh, McClellan was 2015. That's quite a stretch there, but it was good to see him back in victory lane. Hey, bikers, go ahead. It it was, Don, and, you know, we've seen Chubb Frank in the 119, and, you know, I know talking to his brothers, Mark, you know, Chad's had some commitments and, you know, personal things that, you know, you do as a family now. And, uh, you know, he was always a heck of a wheelman. I remember from his days at Challenger, 
and up at the old Thunder Valley Speedway, and it's good to see him back in Victory Lane. Bikers Against Child Abuse added cash to the EconoMod Winner's Purse at Raceway 7, where they had a display of the information on abuse. Jeremy Double took the extra cash with a daring last-turn pass for the lead over race-long frontrunner Travis Creech. In other action, Chris Bugaleski got his first-ever win in the mini-stock finale. Chaz Wolbert got another Rush modified win. Brayton Santee scored another Rush late model win. And Casey Bowers returned to the winner's circle after the UMP modified feature. A lot of good racing this weekend. Unfortunately, uh, Lernerville had a, a tough situation, but they're working diligently to fix it. And I think it was good that they put pictures on Facebook because a lot of people were thinking, how can this be? The weather's perfect. But like you said earlier, it would have tore up a lot of race cars because you can't have water coming out in the part of the track where the drivers are setting up to make their move. And Don, I, I think, you know, social media does help this bit. And to our race fans, you have to understand how disappointing it was, you know, for you know, Mike Lysakowski and the Thompson family, because as a racetrack in western Pennsylvania, you know, you're going to get your days of rain. So you, let's just say you have, on a great year, 22 races from, you know, mid-April to maybe early October, and you're going to figure your rain outs, but, you know, you don't expect the unexpected, and to lose a night, you know, and, and especially they had a lot going on that night. It was Christmas in July, it was uh, a program with Chris Rudolph with his uh, his brain cancer kids that were coming in. So I know it was disappointing for a lot of people, but you know that's the the trials and tribulations, I guess, of owning a racetrack and owning a business. Well, I know they'll get it resolved, and it'll be even better than before. Dave, have we covered everything? Do you have anything to add? No, I know. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm hoping you feel a little bit better. Uh, I, I think as we talked over the weekend, this might delay your trip south a little bit, but I guess for the next uh, three weeks or so, I uh, think like we told the listeners last week, you're going to be in a North Carolina studio. I'll be back here in Pittsburgh, and we'll still bring the latest and uh, best information on racing that we can for all our listeners to in our wrapping and racing audience. I thank you. You have a nice evening. You do the same as well, Don. This portion of Rapid on Racing is brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, home of the Motor Mountain Masters. For more information, check out Jennerstown.org. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. 
For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. Since 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal. The people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. They believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA, 15220. For additional information, call 412-922-8988. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. And now more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Bill Freebar. All right, fans, joining us now is Bill Rebar from the Jennerstown Speedway. Bill, good evening. How are you? Doing well, Don. Thanks for having me. Looking at the results, and I see Adam Kostelnik. That's a very familiar name that uh, hasn't been there for a while. That's right, Don. Uh, you know, Adam's name is pretty much synonymous with racing and asphalt in southwestern PA, whether it be Motordrome or Jennerstown, all-time leading feature winner in the street stock division. But Adam's name hasn't been called much this year, and you haven't seen any results because he hasn't been racing much. He's actually had some tow vehicle problems, and he spent the majority of his time working out of the uh, Dell Kimberly garage, getting the rides for Angie Kimberly, Dell Kimberly, Marvin Sleep, and a few other cars, getting them all prepared. And, uh, several weeks ago, Dell Kimberly was involved in a fiery crash and resulted in a car meeting replaced. And they located a, new, uh, a replacement. And Adam thrashed on and got it back. Well, this past weekend. Dell got his original car that was in the crash back together, and he had an extra car and said, Adam, you're driving it. Lo and behold, Adam Kostelning starts in the rear of the field, motors his way to a front in a very exciting one-stop auto sales pro stock division feature. Uh, Jim Bryce in the 14 car, he was out to an early lead, looked very, very strong from an outside starting pole position, and Adam ran him down, passed him, and it wasn't over yet. You know, Adam is a veteran driver. Had so much experience at Jennerstown, but, you know, lightning rod wheeled through Heminger, ran him down, and it came down to the last corner to the line. Adam was able to use his knowledge and skills from Jennerstown to hold off Will Heminger and deny him a sixth win, and Adam Kostelning returned to victory lane at Jennerstown. 
Well, I talked to Larry uh, last time I was up, and he said, I think it would be good if somebody beats Will. And and I, I think it is because no matter how good the kid is, you don't want him winning all the time because then the fans will get mad at him. That's true. Um, you know, you hate to be like that, but I can say Will is such a likable guy. He's going to have no worries. He's not ever having to worry about fans not liking him. He's such a great kid, great person, great person for the sport, but, you know, he's still paying his dues, and Adam kind of, I don't want to say took him to school, but I think Will learned a lot racing with Adam Saturday night to benefit both him uh, in his future racing career. But Adam's interview couldn't have been more complimentary of Will Hemminger. Uh, he went on record in Victory Lane basically stating that we're watching a superstar being born with Will Hemminger. So that's the ultimate compliment. Will may have finished second, but you know the interview in Victory Lane was still about Will Hemminger. Doesn't get any better than that. How about Gary Wiltrot? Uh, his name's been missing for a while, but he made it back to victory lane. Don, the Martellus Pharmacy late model feature Saturday night was beyond anybody's expectations. The Martellus Pharmacy late model division feature this past Saturday was absolutely thrilling. Gary Wiltrot started on the pole with his good friend Teddy Gabal outside of him. Uh, third place was Nestle Honing driver Mike Sweeney and then Barry Audi. So you had four heavy hitters in the front two rows, and that's the way they would race for 15 consecutive laps on. Side-by-side, nose-to-tail, you could throw a blanket over the entire field for 15 laps. Halfway through the race, there was fans in the stands standing because it was that exciting. And it went back and forth. Uh, things got shaken up a little bit. Wiltrout would get to the lead, Audi would be in tow, and then Mike Sweeney was in third. I can't wait to see the video replay of Saturday night's feature because there was so much action all over the track. When it came down to it at the end of the 30-lap feature, Gary Wiltrout returned to Stoney's victory lane for his second win of the year. Barry Audi in a close second and a career-high finish for Mike Sweeney. He makes the four-hour tow to Jennerstown. I don't think there's anybody there working as hard as he is to get uh, recognized at Jennerstown Speedway, and he had a career best third finish this past Saturday. You gotta love it when the fans are standing instead of sitting. It's incredible, Don. I mean, I know I'm biased. It's the racetrack I work at, but the racing that is being produced at Jennerstown is just off the charts. And when you add to it, it was exciting for the late models, but there was even a more thrilling race than that. Saturday night, and that was the Farmers Union Co-op Chargers, which just like the late models, Cal Burkholder and Steven Singo raced side-by-side for eight or nine laps, jockeying for position, doing crossover moves, sideways, one would go high, one would, it was just, if I could, I said it before and I'll say it again on the show, Don, if I could bottle this up and sell it, people would be paying top dollar because it's that good a race in a Jennerstown Speedway. When it came down to it, once again, Steve Singo returned to Stoney's victory lane. And those guys had the biggest smiles on their face because they're having more fun than anybody at that racetrack. Well, maybe we ought to try to bottle that. Uh, you could re- you could retire a very wealthy man. Well, we're definitely exploring options for next year to create a live stream. Uh, we have a new announcer this year that come on board, Nate Rigotti, who's absolutely fantastic, doing great things for Jennerstown. His play-by-play play is very refined. So we're working with our friends over there at Pit Road TV to hopefully put something together for next year to offer a pay-per-view option for our fans at home that aren't able to make it every week. Um, 
We had two other features of the night of the regular divisions. We had the Bronze Collision Center Street Stocks, where Casey Flegel returned to Stoney's Victory Lane again. I'm getting pretty familiar to say that, but we got to give an honorable mention to our friend Greg Burbage, who has just increasingly got better year after year. Greg led a multitude of laps. Unfortunately, the caution came out, and there was a restart. He wasn't quite able to get the launch he needed. I think he ended up finishing third behind Reek Meelab, who finished second. But really great shout-out to Greg. You could see the smile on his face to be up there running up front. If it would have stayed green, Greg Burbers would have got his first career street stock win. That's how far out ahead he was. So exciting to see that in the uh, Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious 4s. It was Jeff Bassos once again returning to uh, Stoney's Victory Lane. So exciting weekly Jennerstown racing program this past Saturday. And you had some special uh, visitors in, uh, Brent Nelson picking up the win in the Super Cups. Yeah, we uh, we ran twin 35s in the Super Cup stock car series, we, the first of which uh, Ben Emberling won the first 35 lap or the second went to Brent Nelson. Uh, unfortunately, it was quite disappointing. Uh, there wasn't much of a show of cars for the Super Cup Stock Car Series, for whatever reason it may be. Uh, we had nine cars on the property. One broke before we even began the, the racing program. Uh, the completion of the first feature, there was only six left. Uh, Bob Shack took a very, very hard hit on the outside wall, actually hit a light post. Uh, he was okay and able to walk away. Unfortunately, the second race only started six cars, and it wasn't much more than a hot lap session, so hopefully they can regroup, reconvene, and uh, they got one more visit here in August, hopefully produce a little higher car count and a little better racing. What's cooking for this week? Well, this week, not only do we have a five-division racing program with a 50-lap Martellus Pharmacy late model feature, we got a concert in the pits afterwards, Don. Uh, adult tickets, advanced tickets till Friday at midnight are just $13 for the races and the Clark's concert live at Jennerstown Speedway. If they don't purchase them in advance, they can purchase them at the gate for $15. Uh, that includes the five divisions, 50-lap late model race, some other bonuses we're doing for the other divisions that the Marhefka families helped put together, as well as the Clark's concert on the front stretch. So really excited to open this up and explore the opportunity to bring some concert fans to the racetrack and some race fans to the Clarks. And the Clarks put on a great show. I mean, I've heard so many good things about them. Yeah, they're a great fit for our region. Uh, yeah, they're Pittsburgh guys, but they got ties all over the region. And the Morhefas have been promoting concerts for several years. So it's not the first time they ever did it. It'll be the first one in Jennerstown, and I got a feeling it won't be the last. That sounds like a... A good way to start next week, and what you told me was an excellent way to wrap up last week. Have we covered everything? I think that's it, Don. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. All right. Thank you. You have a nice evening. Thank you, sir. This portion of Wrapping on Racing was brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, home of the Motor Mountain Masters. For information about upcoming events at Jennerstown Speedway, check out Jennerstown.org. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. 
They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinner Bell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. Battles found his holes. And as Alba Francis began to fade, Joe Maruka was there to take advantage of it. And now with two laps to go, he's got a mile separating himself from his first Martellus Pharmacy late model win this season. Al Mariotti and Albert Francis continuing their tussle. And impressive that Francis has been able to hold off the Wiley veteran. Maruka is your leader. Ship behind him by a number of seconds. This is the closest of the battles. There's Maruka coming to the white flag here at Jennerstown. Joe Maruka into turn number one for the final time. Sets that car on the yellow line. Let's it drive up the outside wall in turn number two. And the final time, he'll tap the brake pedal. Crank the wheel left. And Joe Maruka will emerge a Martellus Pharmacy late model winner here in 2021. Maruka will win the $2,500 100-lap special. Brian Shipp, one spot short in second. Jarek Johnson up to third. Francis will be Audi to the line for fourth. Will Trout, Schaefer, Heminger, Mike Sweeney, Jared Barclay going to round out the top ten in this one. And if that was a preview of tonight, Lenny, I am looking forward to the next 200 laps. Still up. The window net still up. And the officials checking things out behind. Getting ready to have Stoney's victory lane here. Stoney's victory lane for the Martellus Pharmacy late models. And you can see Maruka taking the gloves off, loosening up the Hans device. And as soon as they get the backdrop and all the things that make it so special to win here at Jennerstown, they do victory lane right. They've got people there to take care of things, and they are doing that process. While Maruka actually takes a breath a little bit, kind of collects his thoughts, and uh, his crew comes over with a nice cold water there. And uh, we will be going down. Here comes the Stoney's backdrop. Oh, they've got that thing slicked up, and uh, I think that might need a cold Stoney's after this one. Well, who wouldn't? Who yeah. wouldn't? Mike Bellardi, I think, driving the uh, four-wheeler right into place, and 
We see our winner, Joe Maruka, con- conversing with an official. The Stoney's backdrop has come into place. Popping the Hans device off. Let's go down to Matt Breer. Seventh different winner in nine races in the Pro Late Models here at Jennerstown Speedway. And the biggest one of all for Joe Maruka, the number 90 machine. And he gets ready to climb out of the car. And he's out of Slickville, Pennsylvania. Big hand for Joe Maruka. Joe, outstanding job, my friend. Congratulations. It looked like you were kind of hanging back a little bit in the first half of the race. And then when the halfway signal hit, you just hit go. Congratulations on the win. Tell us about it. Thanks. Yeah, I was just trying to bide my time, knowing it was 100 laps. And, uh, you know, I got to thank the crew. Uh, it's, it's all them. They did all the hard work. Uh, I thank all my sponsors, uh, Rosa uh, Beer Distributing, uh, Seneca Performance, the Snow Foundation, the Forbes Road Fire Department. Uh, all my crew has been great. Uh, I want to thank Mike Garvey for helping us get on track here. And uh, uh, glad to be back in victory lane here. It had been a while for you, Joe, but it was a great job, my friend. And this is a really, really good stepping stone for you for the rest of the 2021 season. Yeah, hopefully this is a good start to the rest of our season for us. Joe, congratulations. Savor it, my friend. Thank you, guys. Joe Maruka goes to victory lane here for the Jennerstown Pro Late Miles. That's part of the American Freedom 300, guys. Well, Joe Maruka, that's what the announcers thought about the race. What are some of your thoughts? Well, after taking a little bit of time thinking, uh, you know, thinking things over, uh, you know, the last two weeks have uh, been a lot of hard work in, in the shop. Uh, you know, we missed actually a couple weeks, uh, you know, earlier the season here. I actually hurt my wrist, so I was out for a couple weeks. Um, but we came back, you know, uh, went and did some testing uh, earlier two weeks ago. Um, we uh, brought in Mike Garvey to come up and help us. We did a two-day test at the track to, uh, one, make sure my wrist was kind of okay and uh, trying to make some things better with the car. And uh, we did that, went back to the track that uh, following Saturday and had a pretty strong run and ran uh, second to uh, Brian Ship and uh, was very fortunate to uh, come back this past weekend. Wasn't sure if my wrist was going to make 100 laps, but uh, I guess when you're running pretty good, I guess you forget about it and – we had a strong run and was able to pull off, uh, pull off hopefully, uh, our first win of the season. How about the biggest win of your career? Would this be it? Uh, I would definitely say this ranks up to the one of the biggest wins uh, of my career, especially in uh, the latter part of my career here. Uh, definitely one of the bigger ones for us. Now, you mentioned Garvey. For the benefit of the fans, who is he? Uh, Mike Garvey's, uh, he's kind of a legend in racing. Uh, he's Won a lot of ASA races. Uh, I know he's won a couple at Jennerstown. He ran in the Cup Series a while, and we got um, we got hooked up with uh, Mike um, last season uh, through Terry Seneker, who supplies us with our chassis. And uh, we've been working with uh, Mike to uh, you know with the the chassis, trying to make things better, and did some testing with him. And uh, he's kind of taken our program a little bit to the next level, and uh, hopefully we're helping those guys out now. Joe, how many years have you been racing? Uh, this is actually our 27th year racing. I believe it's our 11th year in the late model division. Uh, just briefly, you did a lot of stuff in the go-karts. How about sharing some of those uh, thoughts? Uh, 
Well, my start uh, in racing started running go-karts uh, at Hunter Hill in, in Mount Pleasant. Um, ran there for a few years, won a couple track championships, a couple big 100-lap uh, races there we won. Uh, then from there, we uh, ran a lot of the state and the national races. And then uh, I was fortunate after I graduated high school, I, I went down south and was able to work for a karting team down there and uh, ran for them for quite a few years until I came back here and decided that I was uh, ready to take the next step and went from uh, go-karts to late models. Uh, with the help of Rick Boyer, we uh, we did that. Um, I went late model racing um, with his help, and then with my help, we took his daughter, Nicole, go-kart racing for a while. A lot of the successful kart drivers acclimate into racing, probably more into sprints than late models, but it seems the skills that you develop doing that, it's a real bonus when you get into either a sprint car or a full-size car. Yeah, it's it's a huge benefit. Um, your uh, hand-and-eye coordination running the go-karts uh, definitely helps us where we're at. Uh, having a steady hand really helps. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Joe Maruka, the winner of the American Freedom 100 at Jennerstown. Joe, other than the time in the shop and all the hard work, what's the toughest part of uh, racing? Uh, toughest part of racing is, you know, a lot of the time in the shop. So it's time management, um, trying to juggle everything. You know, most of us, you know, that, that race at Jennerstown are, you know, holding a regular job. So we're doing that, um, trying to keep the car going and taking care of everything else uh you know outside of the racing i've i've spent a lot a lot of time uh being a volunteer fireman Uh, i've done that for 25 plus years now so that's a a, another time consuming thing that i that i've done uh with my life and i enjoy doing that uh and just recently uh got engaged so uh i'm planning a wedding so uh, got a lot of time doing that, and hopefully as soon as the season's over, we'll be getting married a couple weeks after the season. So uh, spending a, a lot of time doing that. Um, my fiance Caitlin, has been great uh, with the racing. She enjoys it. She, come from, she comes from a uh, background in racing, so that kind of helps. Well, her last name is Fess, so anybody that's been around racing, they're going to recognize that. And that would make it nice that you don't have to start from scratch and get her acclimated into all the sacrifices she's going to have to make so you can race. Yeah, so yeah, she has come from the background of racing. Um, the, the funny thing is that when I started racing go-karts, um, uh, my first race was at, at a track owned by um, her uh, her uncle. So uh, kind of 20-some years later, got, got ourselves back together um, with me and her being together. And then her uncle actually races late models with us. So we've kind of been teaming up the last couple of years. So it's it's really been fun to circle back around to where I started, uh, you know, with the same group of people. And here we are, uh, you know. We're going to be starting, myself and Caitlin will be starting our lives together here real soon. Well, it was 20 years from when you first met her till you decided maybe this is the real deal and we're going to get married. How did you two finally get back together in a more serious situation? Uh, It actually started at Jennerstown. Uh, I think it might have been 
autograph night, or it might have been one of the nights back a few years ago they used to bring the top three on to the front stretch. So it was one of those nights, um, and I remember her coming up, and we talked, and next thing you know, I got her number after the race, and kind of been uh, history since. So you actually got her autograph with the phone number. Yeah, she got my autograph, and somehow by the end of the night I got her phone number, and we've been talking ever since. Except for Dad, who raced uh, your second generation. Do you have a favorite driver? Um, other than, um, you know, my dad raced uh, for a few years. Um, there's a lot of good drivers out there. Uh, I'm going to go back to the RCR drivers because I, I do have a connection there. So I'm going to have to say Austin Dillon, as far as one of the cup drivers, is one of my favorite. Um now, Caitlin, she's a big Chase Elliott fan, so there's a little rivalry between the two of us, you know, on the cup side with those guys. Yeah. Uh, I like to ask the drivers, how did you pick your car number? Well, I've run a, a very select number of car numbers over my career. Um, the, the first one was uh, 59, and that was the, the fire department that I uh, started with. Um, now, the number 90 is also tied to the fire department. Uh, I moved to uh, the Forbes Road area a few years ago, and um, that's our fire department number. And my whole career, both numbers that I've ever raced uh, are tied to the fire departments that I belong to. Well, on behalf of the folks in your community, I compliment you because volunteer firemen are they're a rare breed. Matter of fact, Billy Rebar, the general manager at Jennerstein, is a volunteer fireman. So people like you are not only uh, very uh, important, but very special. And I think you should be complimented for that. Now, let's look, to, uh, let's look to the future. Um, you're getting, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, you're good. I just wanted to thank you for uh, uh, complimenting us for both me and Billy, what we do, and all the other firemen and first responders out there. If we look uh, for the rest of the season, you got off to a wonderful start. Uh, what would you consider a good 2021? You want to win some more races, but looking toward uh, the end of the season, what would uh, make you extremely pleased? Uh, it would be uh, it'd be great if we could win a couple more races. Um, just being consistent from now till the end of the season would be would be awesome for us. And I guess it's safe to assume that the wrist is okay. Um, it's a little sore. Um, it, we definitely put it through a pretty good test, uh, Saturday. Um, but we'll be back this Saturday again. Uh, put a brace on it and keep going. Fans, we're talking to Joe Maruka, the winner of the American Freedom 100 at Jennerstown. Uh, let's take uh, some time and thank the people that help you pay the bills and then a little bit about your pit crew. Uh, we'll, uh, start with, uh, Rosa Beer Distributing out of Latro. Uh, the Snow Foundation, the Forbes Road Fire Department, Joyce's Jewelry out of Uniontown, Firehouse Subs out of Greensburg, Seneca Performance, uh, Jimmy Friedline with Jet Engines, um, the guys at RCR and ECR, and uh, Earnhardt Technology Group. What is the Snow Foundation? Um, well, my fiance, uh, she has a uh, rare disease. Um, it's called Wolfram, and uh, the foundation that, that raises, uh, they raise money, and they, they try to do a lot of research to uh, find a cure for it. Um, so it's uh, kind of near and dear to my heart that we uh, try to recognize that and try to raise as much money as we can uh, to hopefully one day uh, find a cure. 
Let's hope they're successful. That would be wonderful. Uh, the pit crew. Uh, first of all, we'll thank my parents. My mom and dad have, have been there uh, since day one. Uh, my Uncle Frank's been there since day one. Uh, my crew chief, Nick Rosa, uh, he's been involved um, with my racing pretty much the whole career. Um, he kind of started really coming on board uh, as the crew chief when we switched over from the go-karts to the late models. Um, I also want to thank uh, Huggy. He's been there with us for quite a few years. Uh, Rick Boyer, Mike Garvey, and Gary Ballou. you got some heavy hitters there helping you out. I'll tell you, people say I'm old, and, and I am, but I can remember when Nick Rosa was starting out as a rookie, so that'll tell you how long I've been around. Way too long. Um, a- any closing thoughts, anything you'd like to add that we haven't covered? I uh, just want to, uh, Dawn, I want to thank you for having me on the show. Uh, thank everybody at Jennerstown um, uh, for coming out and watching us. Uh, the fans have been great. Uh, it's great to see a lot of fans in the stands and can't wait to uh, get back uh, this Saturday, and hopefully we can put another good show on for the fans. Rumor going around that your mom makes the best chocolate chip cookies in that area. Uh, she makes uh, she makes some pretty good food. Uh, there's always uh, always food in the pits uh, for us. So my crew eats really well at the racetrack, and it's tough for me to sit there while we're racing uh, and not eat because I don't eat until afterward. But it is tough to watch them eat all that good food all night. I've said it so many times, people don't want to hear it. But whether it's the mom, the sister, the girlfriend, the wife, whoever. The lady is that's the big part of the team. That's the glue that holds it together. And Mom and Caitlin are doing a good job. I want to thank you for being with us this evening, and we'll see you in two weeks. Sounds good, Don. Thank you. Oh, rapid roar, that stock car boy. He too much to believe. You know he always got an extra pack of cigarettes Rolled up in his t-shirt sleeve He got a tattoo on his arm I said, baby He got another one that just say, hey Whatever Sunday afternoon he is a dirt track demon in a 57 Chevrolet All right, folks, we're on the road with Logan Zarin. Logan, good evening. How are you? Hi, Don. How are you? Good evening. Good. Managed to get in the race at Muskingum with the Lucas Oil guys. What did it feel like? I mean, you're you're running with the best in the business. I mean, yeah, it was a. I mean, it was a crazy feeling Saturday night. Um, it's my first year in the Super. I wasn't really expecting the best results, but uh, we made it in the race, and that's a that's crazy for our team. And then how far we've came this year so far. So it's definitely a crazy feeling. Now I understand you tested at Muskingum at one time, and then you were there on opening night, but. You know, Ed Lynch, many years ago, I would ask him when he would travel to some of these series, I'd say, why are you doing that? You'd probably have an easier run at home. He said it's like going to school. And when you're in a race with these guys, that's pretty much what it is. You can learn so much. I mean, McCready uh, picking up the win there, and he's not one of the top guns in the series. But just watching him or some of the other drivers, you know, Satterley's another big gun there, Clanton. Clanton had to run the B-Main. Uh, Satterley, Moran, Davenport, it's like the who's who in racing. Jimmy Owens, Hudson O'Neill. Uh, to, to run in, in your heat race, you were running against... Spencer Hughes, Jimmy Owens, Hudson O'Neill, Steve Casebolt, Shane Clanton, and yourself. It's like, wow, 
some of your thoughts when you're running with these guys, that's, uh, is that intimidating? I mean, it kind of has an intimidation factor, but at the end of it, you got to think they're, they're here for the same reason you're they're there for to win the race. So it's just kind of, there are other guys, but I mean, they're bigger teams, but there's just another guy racing with you. Yeah. Now you had the fast time provisional. How does that work? Oh, it's, uh, the fastest car that didn't make it into the feature based on qualifying. I think we qualified 11th, so we made it in the feature with the fast time provisional. It wasn't how I wanted to make the race, but end of the day, I'll take it for my first one. So, yeah, we'll definitely take that provisional any day of the week. Well, what did they have, 30-plus cars there? I think there was 36 cars there. And 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 you qualified 11th. I mean, that's got to make you yeah. feel good. Jeez. Yeah, and looking... You know, looking at the top ten, McCready, Bronson, Hughes, Davenport, Satterley, Herb, Casebold, O'Neill, Hawkins, Clanton, Devin Moran, and Josh Richards. Now, did you have a chance to uh, hang out or talk to any of these guys, maybe uh, get a few pointers? Um, I mean, not really. They're pretty much doing all their own, they're doing their own stuff in there, so I kind of just kept to myself. I mean, it'll come with time. I'll get to know these guys, but as of right now, I'm just a... I'm a small fish in a big pond, as my dad likes to say, so I'm kind of just doing my own thing right now. Well, the best thing you can do is be consistent, and once they realize that you're not going to be a situation where you're going to jeopardize their chances, more and more guys will start talking to you. And I think that they're not going to tell you their secrets, but if you have a legitimate question, you know, tire stag or something like that, they might recommend you need X number of inches or whatever. Um, what would you say was the biggest learning experience in the whole deal? Um, definitely qualifying. Uh, those guys pitch the car way more when they get in the corner. I'm, I'm kind of a driver straight in. I got that from go-karts. So just adapting to how hard to bring it into the corner and qualifying and just carry the momentum to the corner is definitely what I need to work on. I mean, these go-karts taught me to just keep the wheel straight at all times. But with these, you got to keep really pitch the car when you get in the corner. So I guess i got to work on that. Fans, we're talking to Logan Zarin, the driver of the number one Z. A uh, little bit about your engine and chassis. What kind of an engine? Uh, we got a Ford Pro Power uh, motor from Bill Schlepper up in Wisconsin. And then our car, we got a Rocket Chassis XR1. Very nice. Well, uh, I think we should acknowledge some of the people that helped put this deal together. Who do you want to talk about? Um, all my great sponsors, uh, Belay Oil, Level Enterprises, uh, Tomas Towing, Zarin Trucking, Zarin Trucking Automotive, Hot Seat Pressure, pressure Washers, Rocket Chassis, Castle Landscape, Cletus Motorsports, um, Wheels, Wings, and Wishes Foundation, and uh, Rocket Chassis, Integra Shocks, uh, KBC Graphics. And all, all my great family, my mom, my dad, my sister, my girlfriend, Fran, and then my, my crew, Logan, Luke, and then that's my, my dad, of course. So all those guys make me go around the track. So just big hats off to everybody, my family, and my sponsors for helping me this year so far. I like going on the road with you. Now, is, are there any plans for any other traveling shows in the next uh, couple of weeks? Um, we got we got, the, we got a word outlaw swing. In August, when they come up to Williams Grove, Sharon, and Erie. So we're going to run at the World Outlaws that weekend. And then the weekend after, we're going to run uh, three nights at Port Royal with the Lucas Series. So we got some big races coming. So we just got to keep our equipment maintained and be ready for that. 
Well, I want to wish you good luck, and I also want to thank you for taking the time from a, bu- a busy schedule to talk to us this evening. Thanks, Don. I appreciate it. Have a nice night. Okay, you too. This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive. Saturday night, racing entertainment. That's what you'll get every week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The 2021 schedule is jam-packed with racing action. It all starts with our five weekly divisions. The Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models. The Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks. The Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks. The Always Safe Traffic Control Young Guns. And the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders. Throughout the season, PPMS hosts several racing series, adding to the racing action. The Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series. Series, the Falcone Moon Township Automotive 410 Sprint Summer Series, the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, the Rush Wingless Sprints, Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds, and the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Special events include the Herb Scott Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Juke George Steel City Classic, and the 33rd Annual Pittsburgher 100. Stay up to date with all the news from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway at ppms.com. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And on Twitter, it's at PA Motor Speedway. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. Since 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal. The people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. They believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA, 15220. For additional information, call 412-922-8988. And now more Rappin' on Racing with your host, Don Gamble and Jim Zufall.
Saturday night at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Wow, what a beautiful night. Finally, some of the heat goes away, and it's a beautiful, quiet, uh, overcast kind of an afternoon and evening, and it really turned out great at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Another week, another visiting division. We had the Rush Sportsman Modified with us, Modifies rather, with us yet again. About the third appearance for them of nine scheduled this season. We started things off uh, with... The Rush Dirt Late Models, our Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Model Division, saw the return of Logan Zarin back to the track after traveling quite a bit with his Super Late Model. And Logan Zarin comes away with a heat race victory along with Daryl Charlier. And after our 20-lap feature event, it was Logan Zarin in the 1Z car in victory lane. Daryl Charlier finished second. Zach Morrow in his 48 finished third. Fourth was Zach Gunn. And Ben Police finished fifth. Brian Hoffman, Philip Bubeck, Tom Klein, Cassidy Kamaker, and Chris Lander rounded out the top 10 in the Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, and Logan Zarin had the opportunity to speak with Tyler Harris in Victory Lane. Logan, you were able to get it done just pretty well tonight, and uh, you know, you were able to take advantage of a pretty good starting position, work your way up through the field pretty quick, found your way in second place after that first lap, made your way to the lead not long after. Take us through that one, what was going through your mind through the initial first couple of laps. Um, yeah, we pulled the car out of the box pretty good tonight, so we didn't have to change too much, but um, I just wanted to get to the lead as soon as possible, just getting fresh air just so I can get out there a little bit, so that was pretty much it. You've been putting a lot of time into your super late model program, and you haven't found your way here to Pittsburgh too often, but this week you made it out, and you showed us that you didn't quite forget what it takes to win in the crate division here in the Russia late model division. Um, How does it feel to come back here pretty much to your home track and get it done? I mean, it's awesome. You guys are like 15 minutes from me this track, so it's awesome to come home after I've been racing supers for a while and just come get a win close to home. we got a lot of sponsors and a lot of crew you want to thank. Let's go ahead and take some time to thank them. Of course, my mom, my dad, my girlfriend, Fran, uh, Zarin Trucking Automotive. I got to look here. Uh, Zarin Trucking, Lovell Enterprises, uh, Rocket Chassis, Hot Seat Pressure Washers, Cletus Motorsports, Tomas Towing, Alternate Power Sources, um, Wheels, Wings, and Wishes Foundation, and uh, Castleville Landscape. We got a Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Show coming up in the end of the season. I'm guessing we're going to see the 1Z definitely in the crate. We're going to probably see the 1Z in the Super Late Model as well, I would have to assume. Yeah, we'll definitely be here at the Super. Uh, I feel pretty good about it, so we'll definitely be here for that. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for your feature winner tonight in the Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the captain, Logan Zarin. After a single heat race in the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, which was won by Cole Holden, Holden comes back and takes the feature victory. Hadn't won in a number of years, back since 2017, since he has won here at Pittsburgh in the Rush Sportsman Modifieds. He won the 13th race they ever competed here at Pittsburgh, and this was the 38th race, and that's the distance between the two wins for Cole Holden. And Justin Shea, our winner twice already this year, come back, comes, uh, comes in second. Tony Tattenhurst in the 63T car. He finishes third with Benjamin Eastler, Aiden Cipriano, Jor- Jacob Jordan, Chelsea Krekic, and J.C. Boyer rounding out the field in the Rush Sportsman Modifieds. Jeff Bronishevsky comes back to Pittsburgh, and wow, what a performance he puts on. Took oh, He didn't win the heat race. The heat race was taken by Brian Hutchko. Sole heat race with uh, only nine cars checked in in the Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, and Jeff Bronishevsky comes in, and he just tags the field. I mean, or rather, just littered the field with people behind him. He had a great lead. He had a few challenges along the way, but Jeff Bronishevsky comes back, and he had a chance to talk to me in victory lane when it was all said and done. 
Coriopolis, Pennsylvania. I'm going to ask him this. I've been corrected so many times on how to pronounce your name. And as someone who's married to a Polish wife who doesn't buy a vowel about four or five letters in, let's hear your name right. Bronischewski. Well, I had it right. What do you know? How about 29 victories in this division? And the last one came for you in 2018. It's got to feel better to be back. Yeah, this tr- this place hasn't treated me too well too many the last couple of times I was here, I think I lost uh, three motors the last time I was, last three times I was here. So I think it owed me one. What's, uh, what do you attribute to that? I mean, the big track, I mean, you, you run wide open. We can hear it up in the booth behind the glass. We can hear you running. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's always been something different every time. Uh, the last time we totally destroyed one, ruined everything. Uh, but this one's holding up, so I'm crossing my fingers. Got to feel pretty good. I know we just came off the big one with the Laboon race a few weeks back. Uh, the Pro Stocks, for whatever reason, you know, we don't have the big car counts here. But it seems like, you know, if there's eight cars here, there's at least seven guys that look like they can win. Oh, yeah. There's there's some good cars here. The 45, the 60, the 10, uh, the 18. They're, they're all feature winners. Good night. So you don't do this by yourself. Let's talk about everybody that helps you, including your sponsors. I got to thank uh, my buddy George, Robbie, uh, my wife for giving me the time. God, I spent so much time on this car. If it wasn't for her letting me do what I love to do, it's, that, that really helps. Uh, my buddy Ray, uh, Taylor Autobody, Tomize Towing, Speed Bear Fasteners. And uh, I got to thank Rooster Chassis, too. Benny and um, Andrew Gordon, I mean, they, they're just phenomenal. Great night of racing here tonight, and you're, you're top in the field here with the Pro Stocks. Congratulations, Jeff Bronischewski, right? Yep. Got it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Todd Weldon comes back to finish second. Brian Hutchko, last week's winner, finished in third. Then it was Nick Kachuba. Vince Laboon driving Mike Harris's number 18 car. Jacob Billick, that was in sixth. Mike Anderson in the 71 car finishes seventh. Tanya Charlier, eighth. And Pete Loria driving the uh, Langer car, the Josh Langer tribute car, finishes ninth, did Pittsburgh Pete Loria. The Hobby Stocks, our priority repair, priority rental rather, Hobby Stocks continues to be the fastest growing division. 23 cars checked into the pits, and again, they're all starting to look forward to that $1,000 plus to win race on September 11th when we'll be allowing all uh, retired and current military as well as all first responders free grandstand admission on september 11th and standing in victory lane when it was all said and done our points leader frank mcgill in the 05 car adam faria finishes second chloe jones was third cody cattell is fourth and kayla mcmanus rounds out the top five six through tenth were matt bernard john hollister carly kovacs tom anton and ken heasley jr bill Tennant back again single Heat race for the Crawford Auto Repair four-cylinders, and it was Bill Tennant out of Collier's, West Virginia, this time driving the 2B car, normally driven by Noah Bubeck. So he'll be in the, he was in the 2B car. He takes the win, April Tennant, in the 2 car with the car normally driven by her husband, Bill Tennant. She comes in second, Derek Quigley third, Eric Reynolds fourth, Travis Corbin make up the top five. And the rest of the field was Craig Rudolph, Justin Pellegrini, Lucas Weaver, and John Steele. And in... Our always safe traffic control, Young Guns, once again with his fifth win of the season. Second in a row, it's Logan Catellus in the 5K car. This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive. I want to tell you a little bit about 
the On Point Beer Distributor. You know, they're kind of excited. They're providing Butler and the surrounding areas with some great service and even better beer. Why don't you stop by and check out their selection? They can't wait to meet you. They're only nine miles from Lernerville Speedway, a great place to pick up beer on the way to the track. The customers say it's wonderful and friendly service. They highly recommend the place. On Point Beer is located at 154 Freeport Road, only minutes from Lernerville Speedway. If you like the good service and the good beer, stop in and say hello. If you want to call ahead, their number is 724-285-6298. It's owned and operated by a veteran, a former Marine. Stop in and see what they have. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. All right, listeners, joining me now is Lynn Geisler. Lynn, good evening. How are you? I'm doing great, Don. Thank you. We're going to do the number one Cochrane Racing Report here in a minute, but I want to uh, congratulate you on putting this together because whenever it's necessary, you get all the latest racing news with your team to all your marketing partners. And I'd venture to say that a lot of teams aren't doing this, and they're missing the boat. So with that said, let's start with the uh, July 2nd uh, story where uh, you guys uh, had a pretty good run. Let's talk about July 2nd. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a really good run. We were real happy, and uh, we did dodge through the raindrops. If anyone was aware of the situation at uh, Dog Hollow, it, it drizzled and rained and did a couple different things and give them credit they they really stuck with it to get the program in and that it was a uh, extra length event for us as well as the uh, rush crate cars so they really did a good job in pushing through it but um, in all retrospect it was great um, didn't get on the track till somewhere around 10 o'clock <laughs> made for a late night but was worth it and uh, Max Blair picked up the win. You guys had a second. You know, anytime you can run in the same category as Blair, that's got to make you feel good, and that uh, tells you the car's working well. 
Yeah, we're, we were real pleased. And actually, you know, it was a 30 lap event on the uh, 21st lap. We actually did pass him and we started seventh and he started on the front row. And uh, unfortunately, with three to go, he got back by us. But uh, yeah, it is. It, it made us feel good. We were we were real happy with our performance. The next night up to Mar- Marion Center, where uh, Alex picked up his second win there at Marion Center Speedway. Yeah, that was that was a really good event. That was you know twin twenty five features, and uh, the first race was really the the best race in it. It carried the lap money and a little extra money, so that was the perfect one to capitalize on. And uh, you know, and again, you know, we led the entire race. So the lap money definitely mounted up, and uh, we'll put it to good use. Every night can't be a podium finish. I uh, understand uh, Erie's wasn't quite uh, as good. Well, I, I, I confess, or Alex confessed summing up. But he uh, let me know, and he said, you know, we should have just quit while we were ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if that means anything to our partners here, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And it was, it was just lack of performance. Um, I don't know. We just missed on the setup or what. But uh, no catastrophes. We didn't have any accidents or wreck or hurt anything. But we just we didn't perform <laughs> like we had the previous two nights. But that all comes with racing. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Hall of Fame driver and car owner and team partner with Alex Free for the number one Cochrane racing team. And, Lynn, as we mentioned earlier, this report goes out to all your marketing partners. It's an excellent idea, and hopefully we can, uh, we can get some of the other teams to pick up the same idea. Uh, any closing thoughts? First of all, where are you guys headed next? Uh, we're actually we're actually off this weekend, um, and we'll pick up again on Friday at, at Lernerville the following week. I'm uh, not sure what's happening on Saturday. Um, Alex is he actually bargained to go on vacation this week as opposed to last, which turned out to be a good thing for us with the extra length races going on. But you know, I would be I would be amiss if I didn't thank you for helping me with this. I, I know it's a great idea, but I definitely couldn't have put it together without my my good friend Don Gamble. So that 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 goes without saying. Well, I thank you for that, and uh, we will share the other information as soon as it becomes available. I thank you for being with us. You have a nice evening. Okay, thank you very much. This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Environmental Air Incorporated. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. 
Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers compete in late models, modifieds, pro stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the fast and furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whaled Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. And now back to more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tom Lang. Joining us now with all the latest drag racing news is Tom Lang. Tom, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Don. It's a pleasure to join you as always. Two of the best weeks in Pittsburgh area motorsports events are coming up as the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix is back on track for 2021. Uh, yes, Don. The Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix has kicked off their two-week-long series of events that will culminate in the 39th running of the main event, Saturday and Sunday, July 24th and 25th at Shenley Park. Before that happens, there are plenty of events that cater to those interested in motorsports or automotive festivities. The kickoff rally was yesterday, and coming up this weekend at Pittsburgh International Race Complex in Wampum, PA, uh, just off the Beaver Falls exit of the PA Turnpike, is the PVGP Historics four days of testing, tuning, and racing of vintage cars. Some of these races feature cars that are just too powerful to run at the narrow, twisting Shenley Park Road course, but are perfectly suited to the course at Pit Race, where the high-horsepower cars can really stretch their legs. On Saturday and Sunday, for a small donation to the PVGP charities, spectators can go for a ride around the track in a real race car with a qualified driver at the wheel. The track at Pit Race was lengthened a few years ago, and there are so many spots that provide excellent viewing opportunities. It's an outstanding venue for an event like this. And this is the first race in one of the things that attracts so many vintage race car owners from around the country. The opportunity to race two weekends in a row makes the expense of towing your race car to a venue more affordable. The Black Tie and Tailpipes Gala, which is a formal event, will be held Friday evening at Valley Brook Country Club in Cannonsburg. It is the most upscale of all the PVGP events. While this is not organized as a car show, the parking lot has a way of turning into an informal car show just by itself. Uh, next Monday is the Walnut Street Invitational Car Show in Shadyside, which, as the name of, uh, implies, is by invitation only for the show cars, but is open to all spectators at no charge. That's just the first week of activities. Uh, truly something for everybody. All monies raised go to the PVGP charities, benefiting the Allegheny Valley School and the Autism Society. For more information on these events and the rest of the schedule for the Vintage Grand Prix, 
You can visit their website. It's pvgp.org. Keystone Raceway Park has one of their big shows this week also, don't they? Uh, Yes, Saturday, July 17th, two dozen Nostalgia Funny Cars will invade Keystone Raceway Park for their annual Funny Car Nationals. This is one of the largest contingents of funny cars that you can see in one place, and every year this event gets better. Uh, I just wish it wasn't on the same weekend as the Vintage Grand Prix. I've not been able to attend it yet because of scheduling conflicts. So two big events in this area, and you won't be at either one of them. Where are you going? Uh, No, Don, I won't be at the Vintage Grand Prix or the Funny Cars Show at Keystone. I'll be at Virginia Motorsports Park in Dinwiddie, Virginia, for the PDRA Summer Shootout presented by Ty Drive. It's going to be an important race for the PDRA, as it is the last race where drivers can earn points for the Summit Pro Stars, which is an all-star race which occurs just two weeks later, also at Virginia Motorsports Park. And that's going to be run in conjunction with their Night of Fire. The top eight cars in each class qualify for the Pro Stars. And while the top half or more of most classes are locked in, the battles to the last couple spots are tight. Uh, The bulk of the points a driver can earn, 40, are awarded simply for making a qualifying pass. And then you add 10 points per each round of competition one, two bonus points to win a race, and one bonus point for each race that you win on a hole shot. In Pro Boost, Don Polly is seventh in points. If he shows up and make a qualifying pass, he will be locked in, leaving three drivers fighting for the eighth and final spot. P2 contracting driver Todd Tuttero currently is eighth, but he's just ten points ahead of Jason Lee and Daniel Ferris. All three of those drivers have won a race this year. The PDRA has been counting these points since last August, the final three races of last year, and the first five races of 2021 count to a driver's point total. Of the three cars tied, none of them earned any points last year. They weren't racing in PDRA. And as I mentioned, each of them has a win in the first four races of this year. So you can be assured those three teams will have their eyes fixed on each other all through eliminations at Virginia. And speaking of points, the championship points in Penske PRS Pro Boost presented by WS Construction are incredibly tight after four races. The top six cars and points are within two rounds of eliminations of each other. And believe it or not, the top two drivers, Kevin Rivenbark and Randy Weatherford, do not have a single event win between them. At the last race at Bud's Creek, there were 11 cars qualified within 44 thousandths of a second of each other. And knowing how close these cars are qualified impels the drivers to get up on the wheel and cut some great reaction times. At Bud's Creek, there were five races decided by a whole shot in the first two rounds of competition. Each round is a heavyweight fight, and it looks like the points chase is going to be a battle right down to the last round at the PDRA World Finals in October. I understand you bumped into some old friends of ours at the last couple of races. Yeah, Don, the last few races I've run into Ori and Kathy Gallo. 
Uh, they have a Chevy Cobalt that Kathy drives in Pop Sportsman. Uh, I saw them in passing at Norwalk last month and actually found some time to chat with them at Bud's Creek a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Ori had told me about some changes and upgrades they made to the car, and they're still working some things out, but they're pleased with the progress they've made, and they're looking for a little bit more. Uh, I've known Ori since the early 90s when he was at number one Cochrane, and we've been friends ever since. Uh, Ori and Kathy entered their previous car in some of the Asphalt Wars races we ran at Keystone a few years back. It's always nice to see friends and have some time to catch up with them when we're on the road. You have so many friends, it's like an ongoing project for you. <laughs> well, I like to think that, but uh, sometimes I'm not too sure. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's always great to, to see so many friends from all over. And sometimes you're surprised when you run into them. You don't realize they're at these events because they're so big. But uh, one of the benefits of being involved in this sport for so long. And they're great people. The greatest people in the world are racers. Oh, yes. Uh, and I always say this. We may talk about cars and motors and racetracks and trips, but every story you tell has people in it. It's truly a people sport, and uh, they're the best people you're going to meet in your life, the people you meet racing. I thank you for that. Any closing thoughts? Have we covered everything? No, that'll cover everything for this week. You have a nice evening. Thank you. All right, you do the same. This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Environmental Air Incorporated. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and JWC-JWCA are unaffiliated entities. Saturday night, racing entertainment. That's what you'll get every week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The 2021 schedule is jam-packed with racing action. It all starts with our five weekly divisions. The Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models. The Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks. The Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks. The Always Safe Traffic Control Young Guns. And the Crawford Auto Repair 4 Cylinders. Throughout the season, PPMS hosts several racing series, adding to the racing action. The Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series. 
Series, the Falcone Moon Township Automotive 410 Sprint Summer Series, the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, the Rush Wingless Sprints, Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds, and the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Special events include the Herb Scott Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Juke George Steel City Classic, and the 33rd Annual Pittsburgher 100. Stay up to date with all the news from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway at ppms.com. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and on Twitter, it's at PA Motor Speedway. All right, listeners, joining us now is Ernie Saxton, a writer for Area Auto Racing News. Ernie, good afternoon. How are you? You're supposed to say senior writer because I think I'm the oldest writer there is in Area Auto Racing News. Well, we can go with that. Plus, you have three other articles that you write each week. Let's talk about some of them. Well, we got, I do one in a daily paper called the uh, Lansdale Reporter here uh, in my area. And I do one for PennSports.Live, and then uh, one for Inside Track, which is up in Canada. So it's enough to keep me busy, plus what I still do with uh, Lenny Sammons with his shows and uh, mo- motorsports and things that he's got planned. Just enough to keep... And, and plus Grandview Speedway. I can't forget Grandview Speedway. Just enough to keep you out of mischief, right? Well, I've been doing Grandview. I've been doing this in my 55th year, so uh, I, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe I'm getting worn out or what. So, well, I'd like to talk about something that was in your column, June 22nd, by uh, T. M. Stumpy Stone. Now, I read the article a couple times, and it makes so much sense. That ought to be enlarged and pasted on the wall <laughs> at most of these promoters' offices. Well, that's true. I mean, he, uh, him and I, even though I really don't know him, I've talked to him on the phone, and uh, he sent me the articles, and I thought that I would like to include them in a column, and uh, I've gotten a lot of good reaction to it. Uh, he thinks a lot like I do. I think he thinks a lot like you do, and uh, there's a lot of things that we could be doing in uh, in the business of motorsports that isn't being done or isn't being done the way it should be done like one of the things he talks about when you have a a speedway with seven or eight classes of cars it kind of waters down the the number of cars in what maybe three or four divisions would be perfect but at the same time i think you and i both understand the reason that happens is because they're trying to make their money in the back gate rather than sell tickets at the front gate. You know, what I'm seeing these days is that uh, there's speedways that I used to be on their mailing list, and I would get press releases, and I would use that information to promote their coming events and things like that. But now, a lot of the promoters think just putting their information on Facebook 
is a PR program. There's no, uh, God forbid, should you advertise, actually buy an ad in a newspaper or buy an ad on a radio station or TV. They just think that uh, they don't want to spend any money to promote what they're offering, and then they wonder why people don't come. One of the things I really liked was when he talked about intermission, and I'm going to go way back to an RPM workshop in Florida with Don Martin when uh, he said, I don't have an intermission, and they thought he was crazy, and his theory was, I think at the time he was running four or five divisions, uh, nobody in the stands is an avid fan of all five divisions. So when the division that they're not interested in is racing, they get down and buy something to eat. So in reality, instead of trying to have the entire grandstands at the concession stand at one time, it's spread out throughout the whole evening. And they still do that at Larnerville, and it works wonderful. Well, I hear about that at a lot of tracks. I, I think that overall that's a good idea. I I uh, think people uh, will find a way, if they want to go to the concession stand, they'll find the right time to go to the concession stand when it doesn't interfere with what they're watching on the track. And again, like you brought up, when tracks have five or six divisions, there's got to be a division or two there that could serve as your, your own personal intermission, and that's when you go down to the concession stand and uh, get what you need. Jennerstown Speedway has a unique thing. They have young girls, high school, college girls that are runners. And when they walk up through the stands, if you flag them down, you tell them what you want, they'll, you pay them, you get down, they'll get down and get it and bring it up to you. Boy, is that popular. I wish, uh, you know, you brought up something that I had sort of forgotten about, and I think a long time ago I, I mentioned that in a column and got a lot of reactions, some not good. But I think all the tracks should offer. I mean, when you go to a baseball game, you don't have to get up and leave your seat. There's, they either have somebody selling stuff, a vendor going through there selling different things, or they have people that will take orders. If you go to Daytona for the big races, they have the same kind of thing. They'll take your order and go get it and bring it back to you. I don't know why more tracks on the local short track level don't do this kind of thing. It's, it's got to be a money maker. You're going to sell more concessions. Uh, it gives an opportunity for somebody to have a job and make a few bucks. So. I don't know where you could go wrong by offering this type of service. When I was, I think I was 15 or 16, I used to sell popcorn at uh, South Park Speedway. I made good money, and once everybody had their popcorn, I'd just sit down and watch the features, and it was was a win-win situation. What else I liked from Stumpy was when he said, start on time, and when one race is pulling off the track and they're finished, the other one should be in the lineup area ready to go. How true that is, how true that is. As you know, I've announced races a lot of different places. I think uh, last I counted, it's as I'm writing my book, I'm learning that I've forgotten some tracks that I've announced that. But I think I'm up somewhere around 150 tracks, and all of them had different unique ways of operating. But uh, I think what you say is, is very true. And uh, I... I I don't know. I, I get frustrated sometimes. I, I just think uh, a lot of the tracks do things uh, to keep themselves from being successful. Not on purpose, but they're just not paying attention to business, and they don't have a business model put in place to operate with. 
I also liked his comment about the, the three-legged stool. That's the track, the fans, and the racers. And he said, if you kick one of those legs out, the stool's going to fall over, and you're going to be you'll be out of business. Well, that's that's very true. That's a that's a good point. I, I had forgotten that he had said that, uh, but uh, that's very true. Yeah, I mean, a lot of racetracks. Let me back up a minute. There's something, like I said, about you know, a lot of the tracks don't send you information so you can promote their racing events. And I, I, I don't understand their, their thinking. But there's so many more things that tracks could be doing, not just offering racing events, but how they could be offering uh, maybe a musical show or a car show or something that keeps the track active continues to be an income source and uh, it allows you to perhaps be able to withstand a rain out once in a while all good ideas and i i applaud here tm stumpy stone i really like the way this man thinks he's almost as smart as you <laughs> yeah maybe lenny uh, salmon's the guy that operates the area might decide maybe stumpy's better and uh, and i'll be uh uh, looking for another uh, source for my column. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, we're coming up on a commercial break. Any closing thoughts? Anything you'd like to add? No, no. I, I think uh, I, I, the one thing I'd like to say, I like what Tony Stewart and Ray Everham have been able to do with the SRX uh, events that they've been running every Saturday night at different tracks. Uh, there's a couple things I probably would uh, change. But uh, the races have been good. The crowds have been good. I think that uh, I think that that's uh, I, every time I see them, I think about the old I Rock days, which was a successful series for many years. And I hope that Tony and Ray uh, are able to expand that a little and and make that even a bigger success than it has been. I agree. Well, Ernie, I thank you. You have a nice day. I, uh, I always, at my age, every day that I get up is a nice day. Thank you. Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers compete in late models, modifieds, pro stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the fast and furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whaled Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, 
Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. All right, fans, joining us now is Lernerville Sprint Car Champion, A.J. Flick. A.J., good evening. How are you? Mr. Gamble, it's always an honor to be on. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, my pleasure, really. You know, uh, for the benefit of our new listeners, and we have a lot of them, I mean, the local listeners are very familiar with your efforts and your wins and your championships, but I'd like to start at the very beginning. Now, your third-generation driver, Grandpa Pee-wee, your dad, Mark, and then yourself. And uh, if I remember correctly, didn't uh, you folks have a go-kart track on the family property? Yeah, that was back before my time or when I was a baby, so I don't remember much about it. But uh, my dad used to call it Heaven Speedway, and uh, from what I understand, they built their house on it where I was raised. So <laughs> I'd never got to race on it. I, I don't remember anything about it besides seeing some pictures, hearing some stories, but it sounds like it was a good time. All right, then let's fast forward to when you were old enough to start with a go-kart. Uh, when was that? Uh, probably 98, 99, I think, um, before the change of the century. Uh, my dad <laughs> got me started. We ran some local tracks, uh, Hunter Hill, Acme, Blairsville, Blanket Hill. Um, Acme and Hunter Hill were my first two tracks, I think, and we would run there on Fridays and Saturdays. And when I was starting, it was basically all determined around my dad's schedule. Um, so he would have his modified and we would race, uh, whether it be Friday at Motordrome, Saturday at uh, Jennerstown. If he if he didn't have a Friday show, we would go to Hunter Hill. If he didn't have a Saturday show, we would end up going to Acme. And then a lot of the time, if he raced both nights or even when he ran modifieds, uh, uh, dirt modifieds, big blocks back with the Baker crew, as we were getting older, a lot of the time we put laps in at Blanket Hill because they were pretty much the only Sunday show around there. So... Um, I think we won a championship or two at uh, Blairsville, uh, running on Fridays. We won a couple at uh, Blanket Hill, running on Sundays. And when I was just getting ready to move up into street stocks, we ended up running senior lights a lot at uh, Acme just because of how ruthless they were. So that was always my dad's idea on how to get me prepared to run against more adults and bigger cars is go to the go-kart track that's the roughest. He knew we would get stuff tore up there, but... He also knew that it would teach me how to handle people like that. I think Dad did a good job. Now, I, when I first met you was 1996. I was promoting Motordrome, and your dad came to drive an asphalt modified. And what fascinated me, he his claim to fame was dirt and dirt modifieds, and uh, he ends up in an asphalt modified. It was built by Dale Charlier, who was a avid dirt racer and i think your dad won everything but the 50 50 raffle that year and i said to dale one time i said what's the secret he said i have no idea 
but Dad won a bunch of races in that car uh, with Peanuts Eustace. Yeah, was that the was that the Panther chassis? Is yeah, that, is that who built that? Was that Dale? That was Dale. And as far as I know, it's the only Panther chassis he ever built. No, I know he built a couple. Did he? My dad had at least two. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't remember that that was the guy who built Panther. Um, so I don't know if my information on that is correct or not. But um, long story short, uh, he could tell it better than I could if you ever bring him back on. But uh, when he was running for somebody for like a year, uh, and he got the car working a little bit better than. Um, they kind of separated at the end of the first year. Dad was going to go back and run uh, dirt modified. And through the woodwork, he ended up hearing that there was a car being built for this guy. And um, apparently he wasn't paid for anything like that. My dad had no clue about it. Long story short, he got some partners together, some friends, and they ended up taking this car and deciding to put their own team together. And once they took this car and started to figure out how to work, it was... 100 times better than what they had been dealing with. So it took him a year or two. I remember he got his first win with a junkyard truck motor uh, when Bobby Allison was at Jennerstown, so that was pretty cool. And um, they got enough money to, by winning that race, to go out and finish uh, their better motor. They put that back in the race car. And, yeah, I mean, after that, he, he would win everything. He would win uh, multiple nights in a row and end up getting booed on the front stretch as we were running around <laughs> to go see him. Um, he would win... Uh, Every big race that they had at Motordrome, Jennerstown, points titles at both places. So he was he was pretty darn good. It was uh, awesome to grow up watching him win as much as he did. And again, the emphasis, now he's on asphalt. He had never done that before. And I remember when they protested the engine and Peanuts was telling the guys, it's a junk motor. And one of Peanuts' friends, who we won't name, we don't want to embarrass him, he demanded they tear it down. He put up a thousand dollars, and when he opened up the motor, the tech inspector says, "This motor's junk." But they kept the thousand dollars, which was kind of nice. <laughs> now, well, the funniest part is that's the same motor we won our first street stock race with at Lunarville. Oh my god! Back in uh, 2010, when I started racing, um, Dad was obviously done. We still had that motor laying around, but we didn't have a motor to put in the street stock, so we ran that asphalt 355 motor. It still had the asphalt cam and everything in it, the whole nine yards. We didn't have any sort of big motor advantage or anything, but, man, that motor was reliable, and it got a lot of wins on asphalt, and it even got a couple on dirt, too. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to A.J. Flick, sprint car champion at Lernerville Speedway. Now, we skipped a step in there because uh, before you did that, you were driving, uh, I guess it was a pure stock for Larry Matter up at Marion Center. How long were were you with him? Uh, he got me involved starting in 2008. He originally reached out to my father to drive a strictly stock earlier than that, but uh, I I. In 2008, I was 15, so when he had reached out before that, my dad didn't really think I was ready for it. That's why he wanted to get me out to uh, uh, ACME to try and run some go-karts against uh, rougher competition just to make sure I get prepared. And He knew that I couldn't be going tearing stuff up because we couldn't afford it, Larry couldn't afford it, things of that nature. So uh, we ended up uh, getting in strictly stocks to run Marion Center with Larry Matters uh, in the 75 car when I was 15 years old in 2008, um, we started off okay. Uh, we we did all the maintenance and stuff at our house here. That was part of the rules. Larry and his buddy Leroy would come out and 
uh, pick the car up Saturday mornings at like nine o'clock and then just go to Marion Center an hour away and uh, just sit there and wait for the gates to open at three or four o'clock. That was always a good running joke we had with those guys. It was it was awesome to see them pull in so early. Just they love the sport so much. And um, Larry gave me a huge big break. Uh, he really helped me get the opportunity to learn car control, especially in that division. Three hundred and fifty some horsepower with uh, real small eight inch tires, big heavy car. Uh, definitely took some learning. So it was awesome that I was able to get my first run in that and. We had some decent success. Uh, we started off the first couple weeks and had to run a B main here and there, but we made every single show. And at that point, they were getting almost 30, 35 cars a night, uh, even though we were only running for literally a couple hundred bucks to win or even just a trophy. But back in those days, Marion Center was the cat's meow, and they would get all kinds of cars and all, all kinds of different divisions. And uh, halfway through the season, after I just told my father that we just couldn't get anything more out of the car, he insisted that we tear the motor apart, and Larry allowed us to, so we started taking uh, some valve covers and whatnot off, and when we started taking the motor apart, we ended up finding out that there were two rockers that were just sitting in there, so basically we'd only been running on seven cylinders this whole time, and uh, we ended up getting everything fixed back up. We got some horsepower back to it, and right away I was quick, and uh, we went out, we won a couple heat races in a row, ran up front in the features and unfortunately we ended up losing that motor so uh we had larry had nothing else um all he was able to find was a really really old weak 305 motor uh we ended up putting that in and it was kind of cool um actually we got our first heat race win with the 305 motor we were quicker with the with the other motor but i wasn't able to get a heat race one with it so our very first heat race win was with the 305 motor which was just ridiculous because of how slow and how little horsepower it had. But uh, it helped us It helped us learn in the meantime. And once we were able to get the 305 motor back out, the one that went in was what I had just mentioned, that uh, 355 asphalt motor that my dad ran. So it, it had been sitting around our garage. We put it in the strictly stock and ran it for a year or so. And after we needed it back, we took it and put it in our street stock at the beginning of 2010. So that's what we used in the strictly stock and the street stock over the course of a couple of years. I want you to hold that thought. We're talking to AJ Flick. We need to take a commercial break. We'll be back after these messages. I want to tell you a little bit about area auto racing news. Nice uh, newspaper. It covers a lot of good stuff. Some of the writers, Dave Moody, Ernie Saxton, Walt Weimer, Chuck Bollinger, Dave Dragovich, just to name a few. As a matter of fact, Bollinger, Dragovich, and uh, Weimer have been part of Rapping on Racing for many, many years. You can get 50 issues for $56. But what I like best is a digital subscription, which is $45. Really neat uh, paper. If you need more information, you can give them a call at 609-888-3618. That number again for Area Auto Racing News, 609-888-3618. You won't be disappointed. Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. 
Come see daring drivers competed late models, modifieds, pro stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the fast and furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whalen Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro Races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. All right, fans, we're back. We're talking to sprint car driver A.J. Flick. I want to talk about this street stock, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was a car that was handed down uh, from Grandpap to your dad to you, or am I missing something in there? Yeah, you're definitely missing something in there. Okay. Um, my grandfather handed his street stock back down to my father, but my street stock, uh, his, his was long gone. Dad sold it years and years and years ago and helped put that money towards modified and moving up for himself, but... Uh, my street stock was just an old junkyard uh, Buick Regal. Uh, we stripped it down, um, took it to Peanuts, had it sandblasted. Uh, that's our buddy from Asphalt Racing. Uh, then that's when my dad and I, a couple friends, built the cage onto the car. Um, I was back 15 years old. I was mainly doing grinding work and cutting and stuff. Dad was doing all the welding and a lot of the cage placement and things like that. But uh, we installed the motor and everything ourselves, transmission everything ourselves rear end and everything so i uh, literally built the car from the ground up and it was a pretty crazy experience took us about uh, probably eight to eight to ten months to finish it i think we started uh 2009 in september or october and i think i was finally able to get out for my first race in the middle of june at Lernerville season uh, in 2010 you had a lot of success in that car. Fill me in on uh, some of the high points. I think that in one situation, it was like two points and you would have been the champion. Bring me up to speed. <laughs> yeah, um, we definitely had a lot of success in that car. I wish we would have had more. Uh, over the course of four years of racing, 2010, 11, 12, and 13, we only got seven victories. Uh, six were at Lernerville. We won one race at Marion Center, but that car was always up front. I mean, we were consistent night in and night out. Uh, the night that I was fighting Corey McPherson for the championship, I think I won twice that year. Uh, he and I both had a DNF. Um, I was top three every single night, but uh, unfortunately he was winning most of them. Um, we were more consistent, but when it came down to it, the extra wins and his heat race starting positions, heat race finishes, those extra points gave him a bump. And we were leading the points for the longest time, and then... Uh, uh, someone slid up, got into us, they cut our left rear tire down, we weren't able to get it changed in time, and that DNF ended up costing us the points lead and the points title. I think we lost by like either 7 or 11 points or something. Um, I mean, Corey's been one of the best street stock drivers at Lernerville over the past, what, maybe five years now? Yeah. So uh, it's not a shame to be losing to him at all anyway. Uh, but I know what we had in that car, and I know what we are competing against, so um, we knew it was a difficult uh a difficult leg for us anyway, but uh, to compete the way we did, I thought it was good. And um, to go to Marion Center and run against guys that had way more horsepower than us, uh, I know what a lot of people are putting money into those chassis for. Uh, we're only running for 
three hundred to five hundred dollars most times. Uh, this was back before all the Penn Ohio stock series, and we were still able to run up front there. And um, I think, but uh, I mean, we won the Pittsburgh Circle Track Club uh, street stock points for a couple years in a row just because of how consistent we were. Um, a ton of wins, ton of seconds, ton of thirds, and that all added up into the points to give us uh, pretty decent point victories over second and third. So um, I'm happy that we got to experience that. Uh, I think we picked a great time to move out of that division, though, and get up into four tens. We're talking to sprint car champion A.J. Flick. Grandpap, Dad, and yourself were always uh, wise when it came to the budget. I don't think in any car I've ever seen the, uh, the Flick family drive that it was a high-dollar car and where you were just burning money. You A lot of hard work getting the things put together and a lot of success. So now when you were getting ready to go from the street stock, I guess everybody figured – well, he'll end up in a modified like his dad. But when I ask you about why the sprint car, you were going to Penn State, and you said you didn't have time to come home every weekend and pound out the body panels. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it. I mean, uh, my dad obviously wanted me to go modified racing, and I absolutely love modified racing, but I did not want to own one of those cars. And uh, when you look at the big picture here, trying to make a name for yourself starting out in Western PA, you pretty much got two ways to do it. You can do it with a 410 sprint car, or you can do it with a uh, super late model. Um, if you want a big block modified in this area, it's just, I don't think it's cost effective. You got to travel the whole way up to New York or the whole way to Jersey or Eastern, or yeah, Eastern PA to get into big modified races. That's just not logistically effective. Um, so I told him that I didn't want to invest in a modified, knowing that that would be what we have to race with. Um, I actually wanted to go the late model route. Uh, there's a ton of good-paying late model races in this area, even close to this area. A lot of traveling series come through this area. ULMS, World of Outlaws, there's Lucas Oil Shows close. So there was a huge opportunity there. But uh, when you start looking down at the price tag for it, to compete in super late models, you've got to have a lot of money backing you. And when we made the transition to go forward into a top-tier division, um, the most expensive were late models, the next most expensive were modified, and then the least expensive were 410 sprints. So uh, we did a lot of research there. Um, at the time, Danny Holgrave or Dale Blaney, they were kicking butts in this area. So uh, we talked to a lot of those guys. We talked to Scotty Priest or Jack Sodom, and just kind of to see if we had what it takes to compete at a 410 level and kind of avoid the money-hungry 305 division. Um, so we were lucky that we skipped that step, um, tried not to tear up too much equipment, but what it comes down to is uh, Dad wanted modified, I wanted late model. We both agreed that we didn't want to do what the other wanted, so we literally compromised and got a sprint car, and I, I think it worked out pretty good for us. What I find fascinating, Grandpap was the track champion in a late model, Dad was a track champion in a modified, and you're a track champion in a sprint car, and I guess the time span between these championships was pretty consistent. When you when you won your first title, and again, make sure I'm on the right page. Uh, but I know my dad and I, we knew where we had to finish in points. I think uh, after the heat races that night, I at least had to finish seventh or better if Mattis won. And uh, he finished third, and I was like sixth. So we ended up winning by seven points or so still. So we still had a pretty safe cutoff. 
but uh, we were so consistent at the beginning of that season. I think I finished second like seven times to six different drivers before we finally won our first race in June. So we were trying so hard to get our first win in, in 2015, our second year of sprint car racing, that uh, by the time we finally got it and took a step back and realized that we had built up such a big points lead, I mean, it was kind of relaxing because we knew we just had to keep racing. How many championships do you have at Lernerville? We have four now. We won in 15, 17, 18, and 20. Um, the only two times I've lost since 2015 have been to Jack Soderman. Oh, he's pretty tough, yeah. He is. With age comes wisdom, right? Does that mean I should be smart? <laughs> <laughs> you, you and I both know what the answer to that is. Yeah, yeah, let's not record that. <laughs> okay. Hey, we're talking to A.J. Flick, and what we're going to need to do is take another commercial break. We'll be back after this. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. Saturday night, racing entertainment. That's what you'll get every week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The 2021 schedule is jam-packed with racing action. It all starts with our five weekly divisions. The Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models. The Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks. The Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks. The Always Safe Traffic Control Young Guns. And the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders. Throughout the season, PPMS hosts several racing series, adding to the racing action. The Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series. Series, the Falcone Moon Township Automotive 410 Sprint Summer Series, the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, the Rush Wingless Sprints, Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds, and the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Special events include the Herb Scott Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Juke George Steel City Classic, and the 33rd Annual Pittsburgher 100. Stay up to date with all the news from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway at ppms.com. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and on Twitter, it's at PA Motor Speedway. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. All right, fans, we're back. We're talking to A.J. Flick, four-time sprint car champion at Lernerville Speedway. You know, A.J., I'm very familiar where you build these cars because uh, over the years, and this would be way before your time, uh, I had a bus to haul my race car in, and it was very similar to the one Grandpa had and uh, needed a serious brake job. I took it down there, and he fixed it, and we used that for a season or two. And then many years later, uh, I built a tow truck of my own, and I think uh, Grandpap and Dad uh, 
finished that up, painted it, and I used that for many years. So uh, people might think that since you're having all the success that you have like a Richard Ch uh, Childress type uh, race shop, but it's just a basic working man's garage. Yeah, I mean, it's the same garage that my grandfather built to uh, work his uh, coal truck business out of. Um, he used to drive trucks for some people, and man, the stories my dad would tell you and me about uh, coming home, having some homework to do, and immediately having to rush down to the garage and working all night to get that truck ready so Grandpa could go back out on the road, make money to feed the family. I mean, it's I'm, I'm extremely fortunate that uh, I've never had to do the stuff he did growing up, and I understand why he's done some of the things he's done, and uh, you had mentioned earlier in the program that uh, never had big money in any team, and uh, whether it was my grandfather or my father, they built most of that stuff, and I've been very fortunate that I have uh, fantastic partners that have been able to back me. Uh, they stuck by my side for a while. Ferguson Heating, Air Conditioning, Fence by Maintenance Service, Trinity Construction, Red Robin, Gourmet Burgers. They've been with me for quite a few years, and it's helped me become probably the most, uh, I don't want to say wealthy or expensive, but the, the best-funded flick operation that we've had in our history, going back to my grandfather's late model days, my father's modified days. Um, but at the same time, too, I've also won more money than anybody else in my family history as well. Uh, I don't remember my grandfather's biggest race, but I know my dad's biggest win was maybe a thousand dollars a few times, and that was a couple races in Marion Center, maybe Challenger, uh, a couple times on the asphalt, things like that. But uh, I've beaten that mark quite a few times already, and we've won some pretty big races. But we're still working out of that same cool garage. And honestly, Don, I think I still sweep up some of the cool that Grandpa had down there. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> our our garage is not heated in the winter time, and it's not cold in the summertime. And I can tell you, like days like today, after I get off the phone call with you and I go down there. Uh, I'm a night owl, man, because I try and stay out of this heat, out of this humidity. That garage, it, garage gets super muggy to work out of, but when it's 2 or 3 in the morning and it's nice and cool down there and it's just me by myself listening to music, it's it's nice, it's relaxing. I can take care of everything on my own. It makes for long work days the next day, but uh, it's much more comfortable to work in than dealing with 100% humidity in an 89-degree garage. Sometimes uh, the real job interferes with what your your passion, what you really love. Uh, you, you're doing a lot of traveling. Uh, a little bit about the the thought process there. I mean, Larnerville's close. You have a lot of success there. But then on Saturdays you go out east. Uh, let's talk a little bit about where you go and why. Uh, we're typically heading to Port Royal. Um, a lot of the Central PA deal uh, is there's so many. So many things I could talk about, but uh, it relates to partnerships, competition, and money. Um, first and foremost, we want to make ourselves better. To do that, you run against better competition. Uh, there's a lot of times we can go west to do it, and a lot of times we can go east to do it. West could either be to places like Sharon, Wayne County, Fremont, Attica, uh, Eldora for big races, things of that nature. But um, we typically tend to go east. Uh, a lot of that reason is because the pay is very, very good out there. Uh, the drivers are pretty clean, um, great competition, great people to race with out there, huge incentives. Uh, the tracks treat us like gold out there. They've got good surfaces on them. Uh, some of the Ohio surfaces can be uh, pretty dirty, rocky, tear up your equipment some. Uh, I think it's gotten better out there, so I, I definitely don't want to trash any Ohio tracks or anything of that nature, but uh, we typically head east. Um, and then obviously, 
I want to support my partners out there, such as the Lehigh Valley Red Robin Group. They've been huge at trying to help me build my operation. They're fantastic people to work with. Uh, I absolutely love their food. I get a gourmet cheeseburger every time I head out that area. So um, it's my duty to help raise publicity and advertisement for those 20-some locations out in that area, and that's what's important to me. So when we go out to Port Royal, we're within an hour's distance from their Sealings Grove location, uh, their Carlisle Mechanicsburg location, so it's important for me to get out there and continue to raise adver- uh, publicity and advertise for not just those three locations, but the entirely High Valley Restaurant Group and represent myself for my fans out there. You're definitely doing it right, and obviously they're pleased with what you're doing. How about if we take a minute for you to thank uh, some of the folks we haven't mentioned yet? Yeah, I mean, I just want to repeat uh, what I said here. Um, huge thanks to my sponsors, Ferguson Heating, Air, Heating and Air Conditioning, Fence by Maintenance Service, Trinity Construction, um, Red Robin Gourmet Burgers, Lehigh Valley Group, um, um, Stanford's Glass Service, J.D. Byrider in Monroeville, Johnny Carpet. Uh, I've got a huge amount of support behind me, and it means a ton, especially when it comes to crew and family. Uh, my mom, dad, obviously, my girlfriend, Ashley, uh, my uncle, Doug, for all the work that he continues to put in, uh, my Aunt Kathy for letting them do it, Rod Kaysen, Dave and Tracy Ferguson, Dave and Hartman, Dave Bramble, Jeff Folkmeyer, uh, all the guys, Matt, um, Jordan, that continue to give me some of their time. I can't pay any of them. They all know that. Uh, we've struggled to a point this year. Um, we've been quick. I just had some bad luck tearing up some cars and uh, a lot of bad peel draws that have kept us behind the eight ball a little bit. But um, they all still believe in me. I still believe in myself. I know we can figure out how to get this done. It just takes uh, a matter of time on trying to get all the puzzle pieces lined up and um, honestly, Don, we need the weather to cooperate here with us. Uh, it seems like all the special shows are getting in, like Ohio Speed Week and PA Speed Week, but uh, we've rained out a lot of Fridays at Lawrenceville already today, this, this year. Yeah, the weather hasn't been kind. But I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm looking forward to your continued success, and uh, it's just like the tip of the iceberg. I just see you getting better and better and winning more races, and I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us this evening. I really appreciate that. Uh, back when we started, um, old Fred Raymer told us that uh, if you really want to be good at this sport, things will start to click at its eighth year. And that's basically where we're at now. I mean, we jumped into this in 2014 with absolutely zero spare parts and absolutely zero sprint car knowledge. Um, we've had a lot of people try and help us out, but uh, none of that means anything if I can't apply it or if it doesn't feel right to me. So this is uh, the start of our eighth year right now. Um, we're learning a bunch. I think what we've done so far has been successful. Obviously, I want to do better, but uh, there's a lot of limitations to that, whether it's uh, keeping cars in one piece, Hill draws, making sure that uh, my head on's right, making sure I'm getting good qualifying runs in, and just setting our team up for a position to win. And uh, we've been showing more speed. Uh, I, like I said earlier, I, we're definitely better in 2021 than we were in 2020. So I'm proud of that. We've been extremely consistent on a local level this year. We're top three every single night we go out racing. There's just been uh, some stupid things I've done in the race car and some bad racing luck that have kept us out of contention for more wins and. Like I said, once the weather clears up here, um, starting in July now and mainly uh, September and October later this year, we've got a lot of big money races coming up, and I'm excited to get rolling. I thank you again. Have we covered everything? You tell me, man. You're in charge. 
I think we have, but that doesn't mean I can't have you back after a couple of wins in these big shows that are coming up. So, uh, again, thank you, and you have a nice evening. Hopefully, Don, this interview changes my luck around. If it does, I'll have to buy you a nice gift card for something. Well, that would be unique. Okay. Maybe, maybe for Red Robin. How would that work? You know what, Don? It's a date. All right. Thanks, AJ. Thank you, Don. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving, and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. Fans, joining me now is a new driver to the Rush Sportsman Modified Division, um, racing around the local Western Pennsylvania area. It is Ben Eastler. He's a driver of the Crawford Custom Consulting, Titusville Ford, uh, Rush King Racing, number zero two Rush Sportsman Modified. Ben Eastler, Ben, how are you doing? Uh, welcome here to the pits of Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, ahead of a uh, Saturday night of racing here at Pittsburgh. I am good. How are you? I'm doing well. So uh, this is your first interview, which is pretty cool. This is your first season in a big car. But let's start off with how your career started. You got started in go-karts. Talk to me about your karting years, your karting experiences, and maybe like a memorable moment or two that you can remember from racing in karts. Uh, yeah, we raced karts forever, like six years now. Still going. At some, on the occasion, we'll hit money shows and whatever now. Um, a memorable moment. I was at Slippery Rock because Cooter King gets all of his karting stuff done through Tommy Dawson, kind of like a lease deal, like what we do with Russ. And his old man there, Bandit, he was at the Speedway, and he told me, drive it till the door falls off, and I actually ended up getting my door ripped off my heat race. So I thought that was pretty funny. But we've traveled all around New York, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, running all of these money shows, state races, and everything. So it's pretty interesting. So you got your start in the cards and then decided now at the age of 14 you want to jump into some of the bigger cars. What led to your decision to want to drive a Rush Sportsman Modified? Um, nothing really, just Russ. I mean, he offered up the lease deal and really, when you think about it, I mean, it sounds expensive at first, but after you really add in everything, it really was a really good deal. And that's just what the car was, so we went with it. So explain to me the situation with Russ. Um, it, from what I understand, it's kind of like a lease deal for the whole year. Um, you decided to take advantage of the whole year lease. Just talk to me, you know, how you got into consideration with the, the Kings and, and uh, why you decided to go with that deal overall. Uh, because of the knowledge and just the equipment, knowing it's good, just because we came into it blind, have no idea what we were doing. So getting to have some help, stuff like that, and all these guys here, it's really helpful. So talk to me about the first time that you jumped into this car. You know, talk to me what that experience was like. What track was it at? Uh, Russ was probably with you. Talk to me about just how everything went down with that. Oh, uh, yeah. I was going to Sharon to run some laps, and Russ actually wasn't there. Okay. But uh, Cooter King, he was my driving coach. So he was there. 
JC was there. He hauled the car. He helped out. So that was pretty cool. I probably turned 80 laps and might have came out of the car once or twice. I'd come in the pits, stop for a minute, let everything cool down. I'd just sit in the car, and he'd tell me what he thought I should be doing, where to go. I think at, like, a halfway point, we took a break. We kind of walked the track. He showed me what he thought and then just went back at it. You're in good company, as we were talking about a little bit earlier. You're in cahoots with uh, Tony Tattenhurst and Justin Shea and Chaz Wolbert. And, you know, you got a lot of helping hands here, uh, you know, whenever you show up to a track. And you all kind of pit together, too, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, the help, Tony, Justin, Chaz, uh, everybody's just a big help. You ever need, any, need anything, anybody's coming over to help. It's the same way I can help anybody else. So it's a big system. Then talk to me, too, about what, like, a normal race night looks like here with this with this crew as well. Um, you know, you kind of said that Russ kind of helps out most nights whenever the big blocks aren't running. He's here in the pits with you. Uh, you know, Rex King Sr.'s in here, too. Talk to me about that. You know, how cool is it to have not only the, the car owners with you, um, how often is he with you? And, and talk to me about what that's like to have him with you here. So having Russ here, it's kind of like a little bit of a booster because, you know, you have that funny side of him where he's always making everybody laugh and you're having a good time. But, yeah, it's pretty cool having him. Sometimes Cooter and Bando will show up and they'll kind of hang out, you know. Um, Russ, we kind of get here, one load, get everything ready, and just kind of hang out. We like to have everything ready before we leave for the racetrack, have everything ready to shop. So about 75% of the time, Russ is here, but that time that he's not, you know, like tonight, for example, he's out at the Lou Blaney Memorial helping out his, his dad and his brother and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it's kind of cool that he lets you guys take the car out and, you know, with the rest of the team and, and, and get, get to go race. Yeah. My first race, we're at Tyler County, and he went, so that was pretty cool. And then a week later, we're at Sharon. He's like, you're all on your own. Like, you take the car, you guys figure it out, you guys will be all right. You guys have help with Justin, Chaz, and all these guys, so you guys will be good. That's basically what he said. Just kind of sent us off. So uh, what's it feel, though? Like, when, whenever he just tells you, go ahead and take the car, you know, what's that feel like? Does that give you a little boost of confidence as well? Well, now it's just normal, but at the beginning of the year, it was kind of like, oh, maybe he's, he has a little bit of trust in me. So that's pretty cool, but now it's kind of just a normal thing. Yeah, absolutely. So this is your first season, as we said, in a Rush Sportsman Modified. Uh, you're just kind of getting your toes wet now, trying to get to uh, adjusted to everything. What's it like kind of going from karting to these big cars? Now, it's a lot different, right? Oh, it's a huge difference from the tracks being bigger to the speeds to just the handling-wise. Everything's way different. I mean, karting-wise, you get an idea of how to race, how everything goes on, you know what I mean? But then once you get into these, it's way different. Just learn how to drive and learning the space of the car and how to pass and when you're clear, when you're not, and just all of that fans if you're just tuning in we are speaking with uh ben eastler driver of the number 02 rush sportsman modified we're going to cut to a quick commercial break here but when we return we'll come back with the rest of the interview i want to tell you a little bit about area auto racing news nice uh newspaper it covers a lot of good stuff some of the writers dave moody ernie saxton walt weimer chuck bollinger dave dragovich just to name a few as a matter of fact, Bollinger, Dragovich, and uh, Weimer have been part of Rapping on Racing for many, many years. You can get 50 issues for $56. But what I like best is a digital subscription, which is $45. Really neat uh, paper. If you need more information, you can give them a call at 609-888-3618. That number again for Area Auto Racing News, 609 609- 888-3618. You won't be disappointed. 
Welcome back, fans, to an interview here with the driver of the number 02 Rush Sportsman Modified. His name is Ben Eastler. Ben, uh, thanks again for joining us here on Wrapping on Racing. As we kind of uh, talked about earlier, we talked about your karting experience, kind of getting your toes wet and what made you go into ra- racing the Rush Modifieds. Um, so let's talk about your season so far. Uh, you're sitting currently higher up in points, but before the interview, you told me, I-, I don't even know where I'm sitting in points. We're just enjoying the ride. Yeah, pretty much. I don't, I'm not a big points racer. I just race to win. That's just kind of my mentality. I mean, you do well in points, great. If not, no harm, no foul. You said I was sitting, what, fourth? I believe it's fourth. All right. <laughs> so you're just going out to have some fun. And, and the nice thing is, is when you're not really focused on racing for points, you can kind of make those decisions while you're racing the car to try to go for the win. You know, and, and I'm sure that probably helps with your decision making while you're on the track. Oh, huge. I mean, I've ran carts, I've ran points and carts. It's like sometimes you'll be running third or whatever and you want to go for the win. But then, you know, if you go for something, you're wrecked, now you're out of points. And it's like, I don't like doing all that. I just like going for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you got a lot of season ahead of you. You're going to stick with Russ King Racing for the rest of the year on the lease deal. But then afterwards, you know, you know, maybe sometime down the line, you might focus on maybe trying to take a different approach to racing, maybe a different class. What are you looking to do, you know, long term in your racing career? A long term, super late model is a goal. I've wanted to run a late model since I was wee little. But obviously, going to a super late model right after a 602 crate sportsman mod isn't very realistic. But, uh, a crate late model sounds about right. I've, I want to do it at Russ's shop, obviously, because I've enjoyed myself, had good equipment, and really got better as a driver. So that's what I want to do. I don't want to part ways, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to ruin a good relationship, and that's completely understandable. And, uh, yeah, you said super late models. Obviously, at the age of 14, you still got time, which is great. You know, you don't have to worry about, you know, trying to jump too fast or anything like that or running on wasted time or anything. So that's awesome. But also talk to me about your experience with Rush King Racing because, as we were talking about earlier, you know, that you got the serious end of racing where things can get serious and things can kind of push emotions and stuff like that. But the nice thing about racing with these guys from what it looks like is it's a good time as well. It's not just all serious all the time but there are fun and games here and there oh man it's always a good time being with Russ in the shop going somewhere racing traveling just anytime it can be super serious and he'll be laughing about something it's always great tell me your favorite thing about racing just in general what's what's your favorite thing about it overall competing I just love competing I don't like I don't come to racetrack to run second I'm always trying to compete get better just I just like the competition part of it Talk to me, too, about something off track. Let's talk about, you know, what your hobbies include outside of racing. What do you like to do outside of racing? I'm a big athlete. Play football, basketball. I lift a lot. Just staying active. All righty. And then, too, the last thing that we want to talk about, too, is we just want to thank sponsors and crew and stuff like that. You know, if you got a girlfriend at home or anything like that, thank the girlfriend. But uh, any sponsors and crew that you want to thank uh, for giving you this opportunity and for allowing you to race here every week? Oh, yeah, of course. Russ King Racing, Crawford Custom Consulting, Tyusville Ford, my old man, my dad over there, uh, my mom, my stepmom, Kevin. It's everybody. I appreciate everybody. This means a lot. Absolutely. Well, uh, there you go, fans. That is our interview today with uh, Ben Eastler, driver of the Sportsman Modified, Rush Sportsman Modified, number 02. Um, not racing for points necessarily this year, but doing pretty well in the point standings. And uh, we'll see what he can do for the rest of the year, and we'll see what the future holds for this uh, young man's career. So, Ben, thank you very much for your time, and good luck tonight, and good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks for having me. Thank you. 
Saturday night, racing entertainment. That's what you'll get every week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The 2021 schedule is jam-packed with racing action. It all starts with our five weekly divisions. The Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models. The Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks. The Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks. The Always Safe Traffic Control Young Guns. And the Crawford Auto Repair 4 Cylinders. Throughout the season, PPMS hosts several racing series, adding to the racing action. The Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series. The Falcone Moon Township Automotive 410 Sprint Summer Series. The Rush Sportsman Modifieds. The Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series. The Rush Wingless Sprints. Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds. And the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Special events include the Herb Scott Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Juke George Steel City Classic, and the 33rd Annual Pittsburgher 100. Stay up to date with all the news from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway at ppms.com. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and on Twitter, it's at PA Motor Speedway. Blue Mountain Energy, Colise Chevrolet, Johnson Auto Service, on time body and graphics, Jade's Auto Wrecking, car number 10, Rachel Ann's house is first at. Two races, Jared Miley and the Joe Carotta team have won almost $11,000 here at Latrobe. He's coming out of the car. Let's give a round of applause. The jet has landed here at the front stretch of Latrobe Speedway. And Jared, congratulations. What a run for this Calusi Chevrolet car number 10. Yeah, the car was uh, real good there in the feature. Uh, the track was in good shape tonight. It was nice and smooth, and, you know, I could move around or wherever I had to go. And, you know, shame there wasn't more cars here because the track's pretty good. And it seemed like wherever you had to go, you were able to get the grip that was needed, and you were able to take full advantage of this big motor under the hood of this rocket. Yeah, it wasn't quite as fast as it was there last time here, but uh, we could take it a little bit easy this time. But, uh, you know, overall, the car was uh, pretty good, and, uh, you know, just a smooth night. Everything's still straight, and, you know, we're happy about that. And what speed you guys are turning here, going down the straightaways at over 140 miles per hour into these turns, and you're just sitting here commenting, it was almost like riding in a Cadillac how smooth the track was. Yeah, the track was uh, was really smooth tonight, you know, everywhere. So, uh, I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. And, uh, you know, just thank all the fans that are here coming out. And, uh, you know, it was a good night for us. And thanks to Joe Carrado, Blue Mountain Energy, Calusi Chevrolet, uh, Hoosier Tire Mid-Atlantic, um, my dad, my brother, um, Jay's Auto Wrecking, just everybody that helps us. Jared, I don't know if you heard this. You were in the car, but two races, almost $11,000 in winnings here at Lake Trobe. You like this area so much, you might move up here, right? <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. Uh, you know, sometimes you get lucky at places and uh, things go your way. And, you know, that's one thing about racing. Like, you'll win races you don't think you're ever going to win. And you'll lose ones you think you had. And just, you know, it's just you never know when it's going to be your night. So you got to be ready. Race fans, give a round of applause. Second time this season, Jared Miley here in victory lane. Proudly presented Rapping on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Have a great week, and be sure to tune in next Monday for another installment of Rapping on Racing. Stand on it. Come on, y'all, stand.
on and 